Oh golly, you mean I can really do anything at all? I'm so excited! I want to take over the world with an octopus puppet named Bob Badleyroy Brown. Then I'll make Bigfoot my... Monsieur, before I retire on Mars while dropping seizure-inducing light shows on Earth whenever my name is taken in vain. Sorry, sir. Uh, not only is that a potential copyright infringement issue, but our programmers aren't trained in octopus puppet animation. Or any other kind of puppet animation come to that. Just take a regular weapon and kill people the usual way. The Bigfoot idea is cute, but we're already three months behind schedule, and hair physics take more time to animate than I ever expected. So we'll give you a cute dog instead, and you'll like it. No, you can't have any other animal companions. Sorry. Do you expect us to put Mars into the next two? Even if we just stuck a web filter over some generic Earth landscapes, then we'd have to add more script protocols. It's not going to happen, don't get your hopes up. How about a standard good or evil progression that we can finish on time? But that's not what I wanted at all! Why do you make me think I can do anything at all just to take it away? <clears throat> at this point, our legal team is entering the room and reminding you that things the creator says without thinking are not and will never be binding in any way. If you want to use up years of your life and give other lawyers plenty of cash, you are, of course, welcome to pursue this problem in court. Have a nice day. Mom, are you okay? Mom! Come with me if you want to live. Theorizing that one could travel within their own lifetime, two old RP Gamer staff members stepped into the RPG Backtrack Time Accelerator and vanished. They woke to find themselves trapped in the past, playing and talking about computer and console RPGs from the 80s right up to yesteryear, driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. Their only guides on this journey are other staff and players from RPGamer.com who they meet to help record podcasts that only their audience can listen and hear. And so, Phil and Mike find themselves leaping from game to game, striving to put right gaming backlogs gone wrong, and hoping each time that their next recording will be the one that leads them home. Welcome to the RPG Backtrack. Here are your hosts, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack. This is the show where we talk about RPGs from way back when, right up to yesteryear. This is number 101, Aesop something or other. I'm your host, Phil Willis, and this is... The other host, Mike Minky. And we're talking about a trilogy of games that rhyme with Mabel and Table. And Label. Also Sable. And Sable, right? A lot of lot of games that rhyme with those words. And to help us out are a trilogy of guests, starting off with Mr. Alex Emptier. Great effort with the morning impression there. And Miss Becky, not so Cunningham. Hey, I'm totally Cunningham. And he's watching you throughout the night, Mr. Scott Walkmanter. See, Phil will say four when he's counting downward. It's the weirdest thing. So, we're talking about Fable games. Only your favorite games from Peter... What's his name? Molyneux? Or... 
How can I? I think that's how it's pronounced. Oh damn! I pronounced yeah. it right. Damn it! I'm slipping up. I mean, you'll find oh, another it, way. If it helps, Phil, it's masseuse. Oh okay. Peter Molly masseuse. Got it. All right. <laughs> and his big mouth talked up games, man. I mean, we're gonna talk about only the biggest, the bestest, most openest RPGs ever made tonight. I'm so excited. I'm so stoked. This is a proper follow-up to our most awesome 100th ep- episode that we did not too long ago. It is. Fable games fulfill so many things that how could they not live up to the promise that we set in the last episode? I'm almost a little disappointed we didn't talk about this for the big 100th episode. These games are just so epic, so mythical. Well, uh, they just don't have quite the pull on me that Shining Force did. I'm sorry. What? How can that possibly be? I mean, it's Fable. Did you not see the commercials and and and, and what that guy promised me on TV and everything? I mean, it's like the biggest, most awesome I remember awesome the ad, ever. the one where the little kid was uh, reaching towards something, and then he turns into a man on the next page. Ooh. See? I mean, that that's epic. We, we got to talk about these games. So I'm excited. I'm stoked. Uh, we're going to we're gonna take a quick little break, uh, put on a little soundtrack, and we'll be right back to talk about Fable. Fable is awesome! Oh my gosh! Fable, developed by Big Blue Box, the original. Lionhead Studios did the Lost Chapters Anniversary Edition, uh, Anniversary Edition, which was even more awesome. And RoboSoft Technologies did the Man Mac version. This was published by Micro. And I don't say that because I'm just totally biased against Macs. This was published by Microsoft Game Studios and Feral Active Interactive. Designed by Peter Mully Masu. This is brought to you on the Xbox. The Xbox 360. Uh, man, it, it is a long night. I haven't started drinking yet. The Xbox, the Xbox 360, Windows, and Mass Ox, Mass Ops X. This is an action RPG single player experience brought to you on a shiny DVD. Released September originally on September 14th, 2004. And oh my gosh, this was such an exciting game. I know because I played it on the PC like eight years after it came out. <laughs> and boy, was it worth the wait. Oh my gosh. It was so worth the wait. Did anybody else play this? Yeah. Hey, Scott, wasn't it worth the wait? I I played it when it came out. Was it worth the wait back then? I mean... <laughs> was it worth the price you paid for a new copy? Oh, did you buy a new copy, Scott? Yeah, I bought it new because oh. I lived in a small town and my options were new or not. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I bought it on Steam Cell for like two ninety nine, so maybe I uh, you know, maybe we have different perceptions on it because of the price we paid. <laughs> no, no. 
Because, you know what, some things, just kind of crud. No matter how much, no <laughs> no matter matter much you paid for it. Oh, yay. But, okay, okay, Fable is a role-playing video game where players control their character from the third-person perspective. You are the hero of Oakvale. I mean, come on. I mean, that's original, man. I mean, the hero of Oakvale? Holy cow, how can this go wrong? You get to interact with people and objects as well as battle foes. Holy crap. The whole game of... The whole game. The whole goal... What, what you just described sounds completely unique. Isn't it? Like nothing I've ever heard before. I know. You know, I mean, it, it was really the first game to be about manipulating objects in a three-dimensional space. Ooh. <laughs> like systems for things. For things. Wow. And you get to complete missions called... Get this, guys. They're called Quest. Bam. That blew you away, didn't it? No. Yeah. And, and not only not only you get to complete these missions. You can't see it, but my jaw just fell to the floor. I knew it would. I knew it would. And when you complete these quests, guess what happens? You advance the story's plot. My, my jaw is even further on the floor. In fact, I'm worried that it's going to pick up some lint while it's down there. Oh, my gosh. And you get these. You get a lot of these quests from... I hope you're sitting down for this because this is where it blows you away. You get it from this place called the Heroes Guild. Bam! You didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> I think I heard some crickets there. Am I on mute? <laughs> I had to pick up my jaw. Oh, okay. I thought I heard something, you know, like a forklift coming on beep, beep to get your jaw. Sorry, I was searching for a picture of Monkey D. Luffy with his jaw on the floor. <laughs> Okay, okay. Because that's what Monkey D... That, that, that is the entire purpose of One Piece, was to give a, get us to the point where we had the monkey jaw on the floor. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. And and check it out. Some of these quests... Now, this, is, this was totally, totally original, okay? Some of these quests made you more good or more evil. Now, I know that sounds a lot like, let's say, uh, I don't know, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic that came out the year before, but this is totally different. This, these are quests that make you more evil or more good. Wow. I mean, see, that's, that, everybody listening audience, I know you hear that's That's the whole staff just stunned. Stunned at how awesome this game is. Well, Phil, I think you've just sold everybody who could possibly be listening on the awesomeness of this concept. Those are things no one has ever heard of, and Peter Molyneux brought them to the field. Yeah, I mean, I mean, his his vision was so revolutionary. I mean, this was just unheard of at the time. I mean, just blew the doors off. I mean, it, it just they couldn't even keep the copies on the shelves they were selling so fast. That didn't have anything to do with it when it being one of the few exclusives for the Xbox RPG market. No, no, and it had nothing to do with the dirt. No, no, because no. we all had because you know the Xbox was just flooded with you know Sudeki. And playing Knights of the Old Republic for the eighth time. Yeah, yeah. Waiting for Knights of the Old Republic 2 to come out and being surprised when it came out so soon because that meant somebody cut some corners. Uh, I Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, there were so many other RPGs, and yet everyone dropped all the really good RPGs they were playing to play this really great one. I mean, it's just it's just mind blowing. It was just that great. I mean, it marked it divided history. You know, I mean, right now we refer to uh, you know this is like the year uh, nine or ten uh, AF after Fable. I mean, 
you know, we start the calendar over again for this. It was so mind-blowing. Woo! And, and check it out. When you take your quest, right, you can you can also boo, boast after accepting a quest, wagering some of, the, some of your quest potential uh, gold in exchange for a larger return if you accomplish the bet, such as betting you're not going to take any damage or undertaking the quest naked. And you can actually complete some quests naked. <laughs> this seems like a veiled social statement of some kind. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and and get this: not only do you advance the plot, but you also get this stuff called gold when you complete the quest. Never heard of it before myself. But the but the but the theory is you can take this gold and use it to buy weapons, items, and even this stuff called renown, which affects the way the people react to you. I didn't know you could buy renown. You can. Well, if I had more money in real life, I would try to buy people's renown. I mean, it totally makes sense. I mean, it's a common sense thing. If I had a million dollars and I gave away half a million at the bar or something, I think I would get a lot of renown in town. You would. I'm assuming, of course, that everyone in the bar with you did not get so drunk that they forgot everything come the next morning. That would be most unfortunate, Mr. Minky. That is the chance that you take when attempting to purchase renown in a bar. You know, I, I've I've just gotten my my heart rate up so high, getting so excited talking about this. Scott, do you want want to just talk about the combat system for a minute? How revolutionary that is! You cast the invulnerability spell. Uh-huh. You bind the you bind the mana potion oh. to the D pad. Okay. And then you win. All right, awesome. That is revolutionary. I mean, in other games, I have to like. You know, work for my quest and have to fight hard and stuff. But here, you just got an I win button. Uh, that's rev- who would have thought of that? I mean, that is that is just way ahead of our time. See, this is like a mod without even being a mod because it's right there in the game. Oh my god, you're so right, Mickey. I mean, in other games, you have to go look up cheat codes or use those game genie or whatever they're called. But with Fable, man, I mean, they built it in for you. Again, this is the fourth I, the fourth the forward thinking of Peter Molyneux we have to thank for this. Who else would put this right in the middle of the game and just tell you more or less here is how to win? Nobody. Every time. Nobody. No. They just they just couldn't. So <laughs> then you can once you've earned, you know, experience points and stuff, you can spin them in the Heroes Guild to level up your attributes. And, you know, this isn't some boring RPG where you get the traditional boring attributes that you hear in every other RPG. No, this one has really cool and different ones like like physic, health, and toughness, speed, accuracy, and guile. Uh, you know, I mean, God, how cool is that, huh? Will? Nifty. So much different. So, so cool. So, when you're beating up the monsters... And you're pressing the button after you've done the Scott the Scott special I win button. And you have to, I'm sure. I mean, after you hit the I win button, you, don't you have to actually kill them or something? Nah, not really. They just die around you because you're so awesome? Yeah, they, 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 they just get bored and walk away. <laughs> I believe it. Too. I mean, I, no, that's revolution. No. Oh, my goodness. No, that is very, very revolutionary. I mean, you know, sometimes you just go up to the dragon guy and hit him with the stick they gave you at the start of the game for half an hour just for the sheer lulls of it but you know hmm. most of the time just they just give up we have we have and then when you're done battling you can go to the really cool towns that are located in prime locations those were memorable 
I mean, they didn't all look the same to me. No, no, they were cool and memorable and different and, oh my gosh. Like, So please, tell us the names of these memorable and different towns. Uh, well, there was the one that was in the swamp. Yeah, the swamp town. There was a swamp town. And there was the one that was in Scotland. <laughs> right, and wasn't there the one that wasn't in the swamp, the non-swamp town? Yes, there was uh, a town that wasn't in a was swamp. Was in swamp. Uh, yeah, I would have never conceived that. You know, and you all don't understand. If you ever sit down and try to make your own campaign in pen and paper, I mean, you never think of this stuff on your own. It's it's hard work. I mean, it takes a real visionary here. Mm. So, being a swamp town, it would, of course, have many unique attributes that could only occur in a swamp town, right? Uh, well, well, yeah. It's it's in the swamp area, for example. Well, I can think of many issues that might arise if you build a town in a swamp, such as your buildings might keep falling down and because their structures are inherently unstable and it might be really humid and the weather might be really awful and you might have to deal with infestations of various animals and plants that keep coming back because they spawn from the swamp around you and the local industry might be, I don't know, gathering peat moss to burn or something but see these are just eyeball these are just ruminations from me on what a swamp town would be like and I'm sure the actual swamp town surpasses that to become a unique location like no other in gaming history correct? Well that's the vision of Peter or Muddy Masu I mean he's his buildings are built so well that weather and things like environment don't affect them at all there's no need to worry about all that pesky See, that's, stuff. That's so forward-thinking that it doesn't even belong in a video game. He should throw that into the architectural world of real life all over the place. Architects all over the world will thank him and then probably stone him to death because if no new buildings need to be created, then their workforce will decline by half at least. Now, speaking of real life and just breaking out of the mold, breaking all the stereotypes and everything else and really thinking outside the box, let's talk a little bit about the alignment system. Now, now you remember like in Knights of the Old Republic, which came out the year before, you know, you could do good or bad things to draw you to the good and bad side of the force and stuff, right? But your character pretty much looked the same no matter which way you went. You kind of picked the look at the beginning, right? But check it out. In Fable, if you go to like the good side, doing good things like eating tofu, because we all know tofu is good for you. Um, you know, well, doing good acts. It's got to be good for something. Yeah, it's got to be good for something. You know, you, you, you look blonde and pretty and light-skinned, but if you're evil doing things like eating crunchy chicken, because, you know, they're still kind of squirming when you put them in your mouth, you know, and kicking people or whatever and doing bad things, then you become more evil. And, and, and I hope you're sitting down for this. You start to look, like, darker. You get, like, horns, red eyes, maybe a dark mustache. Isn't I mean that just breaks the mold, doesn't it? Just blows your mind. <laughs> His mind's been blowing. He's no longer on the podcast. Mike's gone. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to say about tofu? <laughs> There's nothing to say about tofu. You can tofu takes on the flavor of whatever you cook alongside it. And 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 you know what's really rev. And that flavor is. That, that flavor is uh, the righteousness of the just. 
and you and you know and you know the evil hero he starts emitting red hazes from around his legs drawing flies i mean come on that is badass man well that that's just subtle like, that's that subtle that doesn't say i'm an evil subtle. character at all the the fable series see, is known for its subtlety <laughs> see here's another thing that real life echoes so very well from fable because when you see an evil person on the street, that person is in fact so rotten and decrepit that agents of decay will be flowing in to try and eat the person. You will be able to see the maggots literally crawling around in the hair because this is such a delicious piece of flesh to consume. It, Isn't that right? It is. And, and as Peter promised, the world reacts to your actions in such a realistic and organic way. It really pulls you into the role playing. For example, if you're walking down the street here in, let's say, Salt Lake City or New York or whatever have you, as you all know, if you're wearing scarier, darker clothing, people immediately shriek and tremble and run out of your way. Where if you wear bright clothing that looks more noble, uh, the people just uh, the people around you in the street start praising and respecting you. Isn't that right? Yeah, like I'll walk around, you know, just, just you know, I'll walk around and people will look at my shirt and be like, oh man, he's so cool. Yeah, and so that's... I have this flower and I'm going to go get a haircut that's just like yours. <laughs> So that's how it works in Fable. I mean, it's so... And whereas if you dress like a goth, then everyone will run screaming from you, right? right? I mean, it's so freaking cool. I can't believe no one ever thought of this before because it happens in real life all the time. And 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 this is not a you know some people have there's a we talked a little bit about eating tofu and stuff before if you eat you know if you if you drink too much you become hazy and sick you can even vomit if you eat too much you gain weight and stuff now some people have accused Peter there of ripping off some things from The Sims but no no this is totally different I mean you really get fatter when you eat the food it's, it's, it's just different and, oh and if you get Despite the fact that you spend the entire day running around and killing stuff. If you eat a little bit of chicken, you're going to start getting fat. Plump, plump, plump. Well, hey, sometimes you just have 800 pies because you got a really good deal and have cornered the economy on everything. And you're out of mana potion. You're, you're out of real healing potion, so you just eat your 800 pies. And no matter how many dudes you kill, there's the, the cardio's not enough. The no, even... The, we. Forget indigestion. You just digest things instantly in Fable. According to, uh, you know, and I remember, you know, reading some of this before Fable came out. And that's what was getting me so excited. It almost, I almost had to run out by an Xbox, except I, I didn't have any cash at the time. But according to Carter's, they wanted to make a role-playing game like no other. He says, the world would be a breathtakingly beautiful place filled with waterfalls, mountains, dense forests, populated with compelling and convincing characters with real personality. People who actually reacted to what you did. We wanted to give the player control of a hero who would adapt to the way they played, who would age, become scarred in battle, who could get tattoos, wear dreadlocks, and a dress if the player was so inclined. We wanted each and every person who played our game to have a unique experience, to have their own stories to tell. We call it Thingy. I'm not making that up either. What was it? Thingy? Thingy. T-H-I-N-G-Y. Thingy. Thingy. Okay. okay. That's, yeah. That's... When you have your own story to tell, it's called your thingy. Now, now, yes, it is. here's a little. Wait, wait, wait. wait. 
That word does not refer to a fairy tale. You know <laughs> You know, it's really going to – here's a little tidbit about Fable that a lot of people don't know. It was originally – and this is a big surprise. Again, I hope you're sitting down for this. But uh, early in its development phase, the game was actually called Project Ego. Bet you didn't see that. I remember that. <laughs> I bet you didn't see that one coming, huh? Again, why would that be ever changed? That is very emblematic of the game's development structure. Uh, I, and I think they delivered. I honestly think that they absolutely delivered on this vision in every way, shape, and form. Once you get into Oakville, you don't come back out, man. I mean, it pulls you in. Man, what's the best RPG out there that's in second place? Skyrim or whatever? I mean, pff, I mean those those feel like Atari games compared to this. No sarcasm. <laughs> uh, anyways, Fable <laughs> and the Lost Chapters. <laughs> if you don't have an Xbox, you can grab it on Steam for ten bucks. <laughs> and what was added for the Lost Chapters? Because clearly, if there were lost chapters, then not everything that was planned for the initial release could be made. It, does that not stand to reason? Well, it was expanded. It was expanded and re-released in September of 2005, and it features all the content found in the original Fable, as well as some new additional content such as monsters, weapons, alignment-based spells, so you can become you know evil even faster. Items, armor, towns, buildings, expressions because Wait, new towns, new towns because yeah they added they added ocean oceanfront town to the list on this one and new expressions so we forgot to talk a little bit about that but as you're going around town you've got different expressions mapped to the controller pad so you can laugh wave and most importantly you can fart around people and watch them start waving the air and making disgusting you know impressions as if you had realistically been eating. Lots of cheese or something. I think what's really what's really awesome about the vision here is that you can fart on demand. I mean, come on. In real life, that's a little hard to pull off. But I'm living in a fantasy world. I want to feel like a hero. I want to feel like I can go above and beyond what the ordinary man can do. Therefore, I should be able to fart on demand. When you phrase it that way, it makes me think of TV on demand. Yeah, yeah. So... Because clearly farting and television are in the same neighborhood of entertainment quality. Uh, You've watched TV lately. I have. Oh, wait. I, f I forgot. I stopped watching The Voice after I heard someone sing. Never mind. Scott, let me ask you a question about this game. All joking aside, right? We all know that Fable... Heaven forbid there's like actually somebody listening to this podcast who doesn't already know this. So we all know Fable was put up on a big, huge pedestal. Lots of promises were made. And and it absolutely did did, did not deliver on its vision. Um, at uh, you know, for most people, most people would even say at at best it came out as kind of a mediocre game. But let me ask you, Scott. I've often heard it said that if you go into Fable without those promises and expectations, it's a fun game. Is that true, Scott? Well. You will have fun stabbing dudes until you find out that there's an I win button. <laughs> an I win button! And then all you're left with is the, I'll call it story, I'll use that term loosely, where uh, where, where you just roll through fantasy cliches, you know, just, 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 just 
hit the checklist. You know them. And and then you get the end credits, which go on forever, because ev because the game was in production forever, and half the staff quit because the game wasn't done. <laughs> I'd like to finish something in my lifetime. And then they get cute and in jokey in the credits, and they list all the babies, and all the pets, and all the takeout they ordered. Okay, I, I did not make it to the credits. That is a very important credit. I needed to know what they were eating while developing. No wonder the main a lot of Chinese. No wonder the main character farts so much. Wow. Hmm. Well, uh, from my side, I didn't own an Xbox. I really, all joking aside, I didn't spend too much time reading the upcoming news when it was when it was in production or anything like that. Uh, later, it was on a Steam sale for a few bucks as part of a holiday deal. So I said, what the hell? I knew this was an Xbox game. So uh, now it's on the PC. Let's give it a shot. Bought it, downloaded it. And I didn't, I, I guess I never actually got to use the I win button, but um, everything about the game felt uninspired, unless you want to. And shallow. And shallow. And contrived. Yes. And shallow. And shallow. Even without the I, it's the combat shallow. Oh, come now. There's a swamp city. That's very deep. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not. Um, so, yeah, everything... I'm sorry. Yeah. That was, that was oh, and for the record, um, if you're playing... The, if you don't play with the I win button, you will get the same five scars every time. Oh, really? <laughs> I did not know that. Another that, that factoid. That there is back scar... There are There is big giant back scar, two face scars, one chest scar. They're the exact same. <laughs> nice. Nice. That That's really going outside the box. Um, I, yeah, I just, I, I just really don't see anything about this game that's memorable at all. I, I suppose, gosh, I want to say it's comp. No, it's not really competent. Um, <laughs> I, I guess it's not like buggy or anything. I, you know, you get through it and I mean, if you want a really light third person RPG with shallow mechanics that has some Sims elements kind of thrown into it, um, light sims elements that aren't nearly as fun as the real sims 2 or 3 game uh by by all means i suppose um yeah it's really important you buy all the best for well here's the thing it's not like in the sims you're deciding what you like to have in your house mm -hmm. in fable you're just cramming your house full of the most expensive things so you can get more rent out of people oh well that's logical yeah, and then you have all the money, because so you just throw it at more houses and you buy all the everything, which is why you, which is how you end up with eight hundred pies. <laughs> well, so needless to say, I wouldn't give particularly. I I would not recommend Fable to any of my friends. Um, I would find it very, very difficult unless they had played every other really cool game out there and were just desperately bored. I, I could not recommend Fable unless you just want to laugh at Peter Money Massager and his vision and how utterly short he came close of said vision. Um, this was in development how long? I, I, when did Black and White come out? Oh, gosh, 90... 98 or 99. Nah, I was about to say nine, yeah, 97 or 98 or something like that. Wow. So, like, six months before that. 
<laughs> you know, when you have a six, seven year development cycle, you should be able to have a little more to show for it. But then again, Duke Nukem but they got one exactly song written by Danny Elfman. One. After he wrote how many others during that period? How How is it that Fable got such high praise on the critic sites, metacriticing, you know, around 85 to 90? How, how is that possible? Microsoft payout. Ah. And the whole picture comes together. Well, <laughs> it was next box. I, 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 I honestly think it was just shiny enough. Like, it, it's really like, hey, it's pretty. Hey, it's pretty. It don't crash too much. Perfect game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nine out of ten. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, Fable. What What did you do, man? Just, yeah. You would have been better off just doing a, a net hack game. That would have been more open-ended. Um, it just... Woo. But that's why you trust RP Gamer for your reviews because the, uh, most of our official effect, we got a bit of 3.0. Uh, these people are no longer with us. 3.4 from Tyler. Adrian didn't all to give it a 4.5. What yeah. the? Yeah, so you applied He, he the was Adrian a reader rule. at the time. Yeah. He no, wasn't no, you... licensed yet. Oh. No. oh my. You have to remember, you, you have to apply the apply the adrian rule which is knock a point off it okay knock a point off oh my god right, you, you also have to remember that adrian tends to only review games that he finishes and he only tends to finish games that he really likes which explains why his review average score is pretty high goodness gracious well i got some games from adrian to try out <laughs> it may or may, may not uh may or may not uh rhyme with uh mark flower Alrighty, so uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a break because uh, we need to recollect our shattered dreams and uh, and sweep them up and put them away before we step on them and cut our feet. Yeah, I need I need to make sure that my mouth is completely free of all detritus that it might have picked up during its stay on the floor there. Because because we're gonna come back, we're gonna talk about Fable Two, which is completely different. So we're gonna be what was that Snick? What was that? I heard that. Okay. Yes, we we will transition from people not caring to Scott's boiling rage. All right. Well, this is... well Adrian gave it another 4.5. There, there you go. Everything. All right. So we'll take a break, and we'll be right back to explain to you why this game absolutely deserves that 4.5. Turn and we are ready to blow your mind. 
Boom! Because I think I'm ready. Because, I think I'm ready. Because we're going yeah. back. I'm awake now. <laughs> we're going. <laughs> we're going back to the future, 500 years after the events of the first game in Fable 2, developed by Lionhead Studios, published by Microsoft, designed by Peter Moneybags. This was developed for the Xbox 360. Released in North... And it is still an Xbox 360 exclusive, Exclusive. You can't get this one on the PC, boys and girls. That's why it's the best. Released in North America on October 21st, 2008. This is a single and cooperative action RPG game. Coming to you on one DVD-DL. Maybe that means downloadable as well as DVD. Who knows? Boom! And using the proprietary Havoc physics engine. Oh, yeah. With, uh... So proprietary, everyone uses Oh, come on, man. It's got Knav's Pathfinding. Holy cow. Yeah, that's... That's not a ringing endorsement. Alien Brain 8 Asset Tracking. Oh, man. I think I just... Oh, wow. I just had an orgasm. Woo! All right. Who's ready to talk about... Fable 2. I didn't play this one. I don't have an Xbox. You guys have to tell me how awesome this game is. See, I actually liked Fable 2, right. but I did not go into it with high expectations. Right. I knew better because I, although I did not play Fable 1, I, I witnessed the um, the highs and the lows around that one, so I was just like, eh, it could be fun you know, to just dink around in it. So I didn't expect much so I just kind of ran around and um, was the sluttiest little pirate queen on in the world and, <laughs> you know, had a good time. Lower expectations! Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was the same, but I hadn't actually paid attention to Fable stuff, but I have played Lionhead games before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I bought it used. Hmm. Okay, so who wants to who wants to talk about the riveting story, which I'm sure is much more interesting than the first one? Hands up right here. Take it away. So, so this is the story of the game master's pet NPC versus the invincible bad guy and the two artifacts of doom that will decide everything that he's kind enough to let you witness. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so it's like a gate is this like a third a fourth wall shattering game master NPC type of thing? Is it like oh. breaking the fourth wall? So game opens with Teresa from the last game forcing you to do to earn basically a year's worth of wages for a commoner in an afternoon. So you can buy a trinket that does nothing, that gets your older sister killed because you're a hero and she needs you to save the world. But she knew you were going to get killed. You needed the motivation. Never mind, you could have just taken these two orphans in for, you know, the same reason and had two heroes. No. Yeah, but Teresa's a jerk. Yeah, this is what it comes down to. A lot. She has a teleporter. She uses it when she feels like it. She doesn't feel like helping you. <laughs> Ever. You gotta, you you gotta fix the bridge. Get helped, to boy. <laughs> That's okay. See, you don't need a sister. Because you have a doggy. Yay. Yeah, 
That dog is pretty awesome. It does live to 30. <laughs> so yeah, you get put on the railroad to find all the other heroes left in the land with the help of your dog. And it, 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 it just finds ways to make you do video gamey things when everything about the story would say, wait, why, why don't we just teleport? We have a teleporter. You can see the future. Why are we doing this? Why are we getting caught so often? Why does Lucian wait 10 years to do anything? Why do I have to be famous and a, and a master of the gladiatorial arena to join, join this guy's army so I can get to a tower? Seriously, his entire army is made up of famous badasses, but he still has to clamp obedience colors on them to make them do stuff? The slaves, the slaves can have free will, though. The slaves get free will. Sometimes he puts them in cells that are impregnable, but he makes you watch them anyhow. The, the cells are just there so they can starve to death slowly. You know, you have bullets, they're pretty cheap. It seems faster than magic cells. <laughs> Well, and in then, Adrian's review, he says that you get to get married and have kids, and he really liked that. Yeah, that great. You, you can walk home, you can walk to your house, and hear the same six pieces of canned dialogue. Some of it will change based on your alignment and how often you visit them. Some of it. Usually they want presents. They just, they just bug you for stuff. Families are a money sink. No, because you don't have to give them food. Yeah, oh, that, can, that is different. And, and and you can get married if and if you um if you marry someone from a different town, they'll never know. Well, apparently at one point somebody tries to blackmail you, but you can just pay him off or murder <laughs> him. So I yeah, I think I don't even remember what I did. I think I murdered him, even though I was good. I was so good, I was shiny, but I still murdered him. <laughs> Some murders are justifiable. <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, I ate so like much the one they never let could... you commit in this game, ever. <laughs> I I ate so much tofu that I was just really good. <laughs> but here, there was a very special, there was a very special detail of your marriage and sex life in this game. Um, you, they, they, there were condoms in this medieval realm. I'm not quite sure how they manufactured them because they looked just like modern day condoms, but they were condoms. Um, but you could only use them if you were a guy. There were no dental dams in this world. So if you had unprotected lesbian sex, you could get STDs, and there was no way to have protected lesbian sex. Mm. Deep. Yeah. At least it was yeah. I wonder how much this was discussed in Quebec. <laughs> I don't know, but I found it highly amusing. I was like, I don't want to get all these STDs, but I want to sleep with pretty ladies. It's not fair. <laughs> Well, it's okay because you won't actually find any pretty ladies. Well, okay. I was about to well, ask some that. Of the ladies are almost pretty. You can pretend. <laughs> actually, I think the prostitutes in the in the evil prostitute town, they were actually kind of attractive, but nobody else in the game was. But not the dude prostitutes in prostitute town. <laughs> they were just kind of scary. Yeah. So back to the story. So let's talk about Reaver. I hate him. I hate him. He's a represent. He's a representable waste of oxygen. He steals your kill. He's Stephen Fry. Yeah, Stephen Fry is great. 
Reaver. Reaver's terrible. He's he, like he he's an absolute horrible person. If he was a mid boss, he'd be amazing. But no, the game forces you to help him. Like he'll turn you into the bad guy, but then you still have to help him. He'll steal your kill. You still have to help him. That's your own fault for taking so long. Once, once he steals your kill, the game's pretty much over. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's not that it took so long, it's that you couldn't, the, the cutscene was so long, you were kind of lulled into a, you know, sleep, and then you didn't realize it was over, and then all of a sudden, Reaver, like, kills the bad guy. It's like, hey! What the fuck? <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that word. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you get for listening to the bad guy. <laughs> bad guy. Could you actually interrupt his speech by shooting him? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, we we've only killed him because you took so you didn't bother to shoot him yourself. <laughs> I was <laughs> listening wanted, to his speech because you wanted to listen to the entire speech. I I couldn't be bothered, really. <laughs> I didn't care. I was sad that like pretty much the the any the any of the NPCs you could romance were basically the personalityless like random villagers. But there was this really cool monk lady and I wanted to marry her. She was cool, but no. Cuz she was an actual like person with personality. She had a name. Of... Yeah, she had a name. Well, they all had names. It's just that, you know. Yeah, it said so on the little things. tag where it all, would also display how much they liked you and the three things that they liked determined at random. And if you took them to a place they liked, and gave them the thing they liked, and did the stupid emote they liked, they'd just marry you. Because that's how relationships work. Always works for me. Yep. Say pasty cake enough times and someone will marry you. Right, well, you know, I, I came to Canada and cooked some really tasty food, and, 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 and did the monkey dance, and I got a husband. That's how it works, right, dear? Yeah, see? Take My that, husband yeah. says, sure. Yeah, proof. You got it completely right. <laughs> so Fable 2 definitely gets relationship building down. So that's what I'm hearing. Well, really, that's what I occupied most of my time with. I played the pub games. <laughs> I didn't buy the pub Because they were more engaging and interesting and made more sense rules-wise than what the game was putting me through. I'm awesome at cone golf. <laughs> I just figured it was a medieval polyamory simulator. So the ending... <laughs> the I, I'm sure... I, I'm waiting with bated breath for the ending and its deep contradictions that expose so the, bad, the myriad... Okay. So the bad guy kills your dog. And one no! of your families. One of them. Now the dog is actually a major gameplay mechanic. You can't... That There are sections you... That there are, there are a lot of things you can't do without him around. So he kills your dog and one of your families. Because you'll have like seven, because why not? Or, or you can choose to like kill off half the population. Yeah, so 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 you you eventually fight your way up to his tower, and the MacGuffin that you got at the beginning of the game finally activates, and then you get a choice, and you can choose between having your dog back, which is actually gameplay important, wishing all the people back from the dead 
which doesn't change anything, but they write you a nice thank you note. Or you could you you bringing your dog back also gets you back your sister from the beginning of the game, who you don't see ever, but you get a nice thank you note. Or you get a million dollars. Now Pounds. That, that that sounds great. You're a fake fitting. <laughs> Sounds great, but Sounds you great, have except you dollars. have seven million already because you've played pub games and bought all the real estate. So the collect position is always the dog. Yeah, just just pick the dog. You need or him you could, to do stuff. Or you could get the DLC that resurrects the dog anyway. Yeah, that's like actual money. Well, the pub games cost actual money. I just bought the dog resurrecting DLC well, you, instead. You you can play the pub games in the game. Oh, or, you could have bought, or you could have bought the pub games separately beforehand. Or you could just buy the pub games and have a fun set of mini games that you can play alone and not buy Fable 2. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, hey Phil, how much would you be looking to spend if you were trying to acquire a copy of this nowadays? Uh, I would say uh, 50 cents, because, you know, after listening to them, I'm not very excited about it. Okay, that's how much you would be looking oh, to spend. Oh, 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 oh. For any it, average person just plumbing the plumbing, depths of the internet to find plumbing it. Plumbing the uh, 95 cents plus shipping and handling. I'm serious. Wow, I, its value. I've got it right here, 95 cents. Okay, if you want it like brand new in the shrink wrap, you're going to have to really dig deep. $12.14, brand new. Yeah, I found it for eight quid here. <laughs> Without yeah, shipping. That's not real money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's quid. We don't even know what that is. Isn't that like give? There's like eight of them to a shilling. It's like it's like those role playing games where they keep calling the currency something different in every role playing game. If they don't use gold, they use weird kind. It's quid is one. It's just something you expect to see in one of those JRPGs. Okay, so that will that healing potion will cost you two hundred and fifty quid. Yes, ma'am. Here you go. Found two hundred off that bunny's ass outside. Here's my now, quid. Fable um, Two does have one thing going for quid? it. Quid, and that is one particular side quest, which stars Chesty the Chest, who is one of the better side quest NPCs in recent RPG history, because he's an evil chest. He's an evil. Chest. That's pretty awesome. He's a mimic. No, no, no. He's an evil chest who wants to be your friend, and he takes you into his special dream world so you can play with him forever. How does he move around? Or does he? I don't, I don't remember. Probably <laughs> He does move. Probably hops like yeah. a mimic. But no only no. when you weren't looking. Yeah. It's just, just in new places. Well, if the like... whole game could be like Chesty the Chest, it would be pretty awesome. But it's not. Somebody, Somebody clever just wrote that one. <laughs> mm. So in other words, Mr. Molly knew. To... Yeah, was he just snuck in late after hours and just added it. Well, let's see. I don't remember the advertising campaign for this one so much, except the ads in the magazines look very similar to those for the first game. How much of Mr. Molyneux's bombast made it into the actual game? Give it a percentage score. Negative seven. Well, he got about three percent, because he did have the dog. <laughs> yeah, there was a dog. He could get married, sort of. And the dog was more likable than most of the characters. 
So, you know. Yeah, the dog told me where loot was. <laughs> Good dog. <laughs> Everyone else was just kept asking me for things. And reminding me that, and asking if, and reminding me about Chicken Chaser. And you said it was a magic dog that lived to the age of 30. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll, you'll get back from stupid, the land, the prison of stupid. Yeah, the spot. And he'll, he'll just be standing on the dock, happy as a clam, 20-year-old dog. Obviously, this is the part of the game that researchers around the world are trying to capture in real life because you make that you make that work, you've made a man for yourself. I will point out the game did have quite a decent cast in terms of voice talent. It's a yeah, lovely... it's a shame they didn't have a decent crew in terms of writing talent. True, there's quite a few recognizable actresses, actors at least in Britain. Well, aside from Steve yes. Fry, who else was in there? Uh, you've got Ron Glass from Firefly. There's Zoe Wanamaker, who's Teresa. She's in the Harry Potter films. And Julia Sawada, who I think was sort of only someone I'd know because she's British. Well, it just proves the yeah. role that our, all RPGs should be voiced by British people. Yep. Didn't Dragon Quest Eight prove that? Yeah, that too. Not a lot of games have proved that. Xenoblade, you know. Yeah, they actually take it up to the next level with Fable 3. Yeah, I know. I seem to remember one other actor being in Fable 3 who we may have talked about in a previous backtrack briefly. Well, yes, but, but he's the only good part of Fable 3 at all. So we should probably save him for Fable 3. Probably. Uh, okay, we, we haven't mentioned the music at all. Is there anything worth mentioning? <clears throat> well, there's that one song uh, Danny Elfman wrote for the last yeah. game. They brought yeah, the it back. Theme, the theme song. <laughs> well, obviously, it's much easier to bring the song back than to pay him to write a new one. He had better things anything to do else? With Danny Elfman. <laughs> That's true. Danny Elfman seems to write a song every day, standing on his head and shooting dimes out his ears, but... Uh, it's still cheaper to just reuse the same thing, and I'm sure the budget was a consideration at this point, because this did come out four years after the first one. Oh, that, that's barely enough time to develop a game. It is! Well, You need at least eight to get it really right. It takes, it takes hard work to get that shallow and contrived really in there. Well, Scott, we got to remember, we're, we're operating with Lionhead standards here. They are different from your usual video game standards. Obviously, Lionhead only wished it could have developed Duke Nukem forever so that it could take a good 18 years to really get it crappy. Okay, I killed the pace. Good for yep. me. Oh, I think Fable killed the pace. Okay, but one other thing. How does it look? Do these visuals just make you go... Looking at the Swamp Town and the other town of Fable 1, they are completely outclassed by what I see in front of me now. Clearly, the graphical budget was well spent. Well, it's, it's a fairly pretty game for a yeah, it, 360 game. It has a swamp. It has a style. Like, there, there's an aesthetic that they're playing with. I mean, I've, I mentioned that everyone looks ugly, but it's all a sort of uniform ugly that you can recognize as sort of a character design motif, 
as opposed to just um, you know oblivion where everyone's just ugly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it looks alright, but I can see it not standing up well after a few years. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, the, no, this was ugly as in the um, sort of stereotype that Americans have of ugly British people, ugly. <laughs> well, that was probably a deliberate design choice. I'm sure so, it was. So thank you, Peter Molyneux, for perpetuating that stereotype. <laughs> right. Yay! Maybe it's because he was raised in a French-speaking household. I don't know. Hmm. We all know how French speakers think of the English language everywhere. All right. Well, okay. I think we're... Uh, yeah, sounds like we're ready to to come up with the definite climax for the fable tale. Well, <laughs> and 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 you know, fable fable two is so good. That we only need to go fifty more years to get to Fable Three. Well, well one thing I'll mention is that uh, they they instituted one button combat for this game. Um, it mostly works until you try and do magic, where it's like, oh, there's no real reason for me to have more than one spell. <laughs> I skipped the magic. I had a gun. It was pretty cool. I had a gun. Also, ma magic makes you glow weirdly. <laughs> Yeah. Like you, you if you play a mage, you get auto, you automatically get mage tattoos. They're blue and glowy, and I'm like, I don't feel like looking like a raver today. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, have we done away with the I win button in Fable Two? Is that no longer? Yeah, they, they did. They did undo the I win button. You also can't actually die, really. But you can't die. You just bleed experience place all experience points all over the ground. Experience bubbles, they're everywhere. You have to run around and collect them until you get upgrades that help you not do that so much. Well, I mean if we were really in a fantasy world and beating up dragons and crap, I would expect everything to spread out experience bubbles. They rolled out that they're actually the the weird part is that they're actually physics objects. So you don't yeah. really want to fight a bunch of dudes on a hill. So then you have to run down the hill after them. <laughs> I never got that. <laughs> well, they had—they paid for the havoc engine, man. It's <laughs> havoc. Yeah. Something had to be actually be a physics object, other than the heads of guys you chop off. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. If you crit a guy with a bladed weapon, his head will fall off, and you can play a little footy with with the with the severed head. Okay. Not morbid at all. Not at all. Not at all. What was this rated again? <laughs> I think it was M just for all the alcohol <laughs> and well, sex. And, and, and the large collection of STDs you could collect. I never did figure out if they did anything negative to me. I just had this, this list of like 47 STDs. Yeah, I, I don't think it didn't. It, it wasn't Fallout where they actually did something bad. <laughs> no, it's just like bragging rights. Look how many STDs I got. But because you don't see the actual stuff. sexual act, it's not adults only. Great logic. Alright. It doesn't name the STDs. I didn't even know Yeah, that's the weirder STDs. part is that it'll say you have 47 STDs. Oh, jeez. Like, and you're. There's no way I actually. That, that there are not 47. Shoo. Wow. There's like a monster dying to come out of your crotch at that point. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, 
let's uh, let's put this uh, rocket back in our pocket, so to speak, and move on to Fable Three, also developed by Lionet Studios, published by Microsoft, designed by the great Peter Money Below. And uh, this was uh, released on the Xbox 360 in North America on October 26, 2010, and on Microsoft Windows, May 17, 2011. A single and cooperative RPG action experience for, uh, well, coming to you on a DVD or through download on Steam for 20 bucks. So, unless, of course, you get on Steam sale for like two. So, all right, Fable 3. I did not buy this one. You know, number one just really didn't inspire me to want to rush out and buy three. Tell me, was I wrong? This game could have been brilliant and beautiful. You can see it. You can almost taste it. But then now, Reaver. Now, Scott, did did you actually buy this? Yes, I bought it four days before they gave it away for started giving it away for free because you hated the first game and you hated the second game <laughs> so why did you buy the third game because it was this year and I was like well Menke's just gonna pester me if I don't play the game so I'll find it for ten dollars and I will find something to hate and then people will enjoy my hatred on the internet and oh, then my it's purpose got John will be Cleese. fulfilled. Yeah, you know what else has John Cleese? Jaden Eight hundred better <laughs> things. I could have. I can't really deny of, that. I could have rewatched all of Faulty Towers in that weekend. A fish called Wanda. <laughs> the first two seasons of Monty Python. You know, Rat or Race. Played Jade Empire. Why again. not play Jade Empire again? You know, a million things. John Cleese is in a million things. And you could get any of them. But it's got Ben Kingsley too. But only in this game is he your butler. No, I'm pretty sure there's other things he's a butler in. Well, no, but he's your butler. Remember, it's you. Yeah, it's totally me. But this game also has Ben Kingsley doing a Welsh accent. How well does he do a Welsh accent? He does it quite well, actually. He's clearly having it, up, having it up as much as he possibly can. But How else would you fit into the Fable universe? That's true. <laughs> like, they, they, you, they just walk you into the, the booth, and there's this giant cam sitting there, all glazed and dripping with honey. And they're like, <laughs> do that. And they're like, okay. And then they get paid in ham. I don't even remember the plot of Fable 3, although I... I didn't make it very far past Reverse Town. Actually, no, I didn't make it through Reverse Town. That's when I stopped because I was like, "This game sucks." Yeah, well, you basically, yeah, you basically overthrow king, become king, then dead by stopped because like you, you, you have. To, well, here's the thing: <laughs> the game forces you to make a bunch of promises to overthrow your dick brother, king guy, and then, and it's like. Well, the reason I was being a dick is because Cthulhu's going to come out and eat us all. And only through the power of dickishness could we be saved. And the game then says, you've got a year. And by year, they mean four days of four in-game days. Because they yeah, just well, arbitrarily well, yeah. skip things. And it's you're like, it's... okay, you can, you can keep your promises or you can fight Cthulhu. Except we're still going to give you 
really stupid bullshit contrived choices in between those where you you can still save the day. Like, hey, ruin 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 this lake, it'll give you money, and you can fight Cthulhu somehow. Yeah, you can either sort of be really sort of tyrannical and sort of keep all the money to fight off Cthulhu, or you can sort of be a nice ruler and sort of have everyone killed at the end. Or you can just invest in real estate and win. Yeah, or or you could just pull all the money out of the coffers, buy everything, raise the rent in the high rent districts, and then leave the controller on for a while. Just leave the game running for a while, and then win because you have all the money. Yay! But again, this could have been a game about, hey, you made all these promises to do it, can you keep them and save the world? But it's like, no! We're gonna make you decide between whatever Reaver wants, which is douchebaggery, or maybe not, uh, or having some good karma points, but, you know, ruling a morally unright pile of dead guys. <laughs> yeah, plus, it really blurs the lines on morality there as well. <laughs> okay, like, where's, where's the, the button where I just shoot Reaver for treason? Because he does commit that in the first half of the game. Cease his assets and then save the day. Yeah, but isn't he immortal still? Well, yeah, because he keeps finding dupes to uh, feed his life essence to. Because yeah, apparently, yeah, the hero didn't actually do anything about that in the end. It seems. Well, yeah, because yeah. why? Because why would you? Why? Why would you ever want to settle the score with this colossal douchebag who ruined your physical appearance? In exchange for karma points. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the hero from Fable Two didn't do a very good job here. No. The hero from Fable Two didn't do everything. She she earned she earned five five gold to turn on a box that saved the day. The hero from Fable Two is Barbara Woodhouse. Okay. Am I, is that joke too old? Am I too old? That, that's a little yeah, dated. Yeah, that, that's gone for me. I have no idea what you're talking about. But she was British. You should know all the British people. <laughs> she was a dog trainer who did TV shows in the 80s. I'm old. I'm going to go away now. Well, I, I should interject that Mr. Dainowden gave Fable 3 only 4 out of 5, not 4.5 out of 5. Ooh, so clearly we, we've, under, we've undergone a massive drop in quality. Oh yeah. It's okay. Well, there were no Everybody more has... prostitutes that you could have responsible orgies with. There was no town full of pirate whores, which is why Becky never finished it. <laughs> well, actually, I never finished it because there weren't any cute lesbians in Hippie Town. Oh yeah, there was. Ah, hi oh, Hippie Town. My my Hippie Town never spawned any cute lesbians, and I'm like, if I can't have a cute lesbian wife, I'm not finishing this game. Yeah, there's a hippie town. It's in a swamp. There's like four swamp towns in this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, another part of the problem was the game was a bit of a technical mess as well. <laughs> what, you At didn't least... enjoy the, the, the wonders of Loot Hero? <laughs> what? 
Loot Hero, <laughs> the terrible loot-based minigame. Oh god, that ah. So anywhere, so you first thing, one of the first things you get is a loot, so you can just whip it out anywhere, and play this annoying tiny game, timing mini game, to. You you didn't get money for it. You got like people nearby liked you points, because those matter. Yep. Well, you could play the exact same mini game. I'd say uh, blacksmith or something, and earn money for it. Yes. It was it was marginally better than the rhythm game in Skyward Sword. Anyone who played Skyward Sword knows just how much that means. Yes. Well, and the 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 key difference is of course that once you play Loot Hero once for to satisfy the game masters, you you never have to do it again. But you can. But why you really, would you? Really want to. You could roam around and shoot gargoyles that make fun of you. You could do that in Fable 2, too. No, they actually weren't in Fable 2, really. Yeah, they were. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're right. That was... I did the entire gargoyle hunt in Fable 2. They were funny. And apparently, I was very, very bored that winter. For the record, this was built on the exact same game and gameplay as Fable 3. I don't know why... Or Fable 2. I don't know why it took five years to make. Yeah, especially as they seem to make the gameplay worse. Yeah, somehow it got worse. Yeah, it's just ridiculously bad frame rate. The sort of... The um, gold, golden sort of trail it sort of told you where to go sort of kept breaking. Yeah, and, not good. And, and they removed what small vestiges of skill and strategy were required in the combat system in Fable 2. <laughs> so which bugs are recurring from Fable 2? Because I know Adrian wrote about some bugs in Fable 2 as one of its few my very easily overlooked problems. Um, there weren't sort of specific bugs, it was more that the game just didn't run well. On the 360, so it struggled to seemingly struggled to process everything. Wow, that's that's what I love to hear. That a game has to stop and think periodically about what it's doing. Well, come on, Mike. It's so deep. It's so revolutionary. The computer needs it, it's called, time. It's called. This allows me time to study the stuff before it's fully loaded, or for me to look around the room, see the same things that I've seen there several hundred times before, and then realize I can look at this even longer, because there's still nothing new on the screen for me to ponder. <laughs> well, I think the, the real shame of this game is that, you know, the, the big thing that people were actually looking forward to was the second part where you were actually ruling the kingdom. And that part turned out to be a piece of garbage. Yeah, I'd heard I'd heard so much bitching about it before I even got to it that I didn't even bother getting there because I was like, "Yeah, I'll see. Maybe they'll patch it someday." Of course, they never did. Of course, yeah. no. Yeah, Running a kingdom is just about making twelve choices. Uh, yeah, which should be done in about an hour. <laughs> and that's supposed to be the second half of the game. Yep. Yeah. And then you have a big giant fight scene with Cthulhu. Well, 
I already did that in World of Warcraft like twice. Yeah. So, so did Ziboid Games have anything to say about the fight with Cthulhu? Wasn't this around but, the same time as Cthulhu Saves the World? Well, okay, it's not actually Cthulhu, but it's Black and Tentacly. Okay. Yeah, that, here's a here's a nice finessing of the copyright Lovecraft issue. Oh, Cthulhu's public domain. Oh, okay. Like yeah, I forgot he wrote for, he wrote a while back. No, he he wrote for the public domain from Jump. H.P. Lovecraft, everything was published without copyrights. You could do mythos stories back in the 30s. People did. Conan's a mythos story. Faffer and the Grey Mouth, Mouser started off as mythos stories. Cool. Oh, I forgot all about that. The more you know. Very nice you. of him. Yeah, now we just need to have that public access service message come up. <laughs> well, okay. So you kill not Cthulhu at the end and I, I'm sure now that you are the king you will get a resplendent royal ending it, it reminds you of how many people died and then the NPCs with names um, talk a bit and then they leave and you get a nice thank you note <laughs> and then you can play the real estate game some more do, do you get to see all the takeout that the development team took, grabbed during the development? Yes, actually they did. <laughs> I, I forgot to ask, did we get to see that for Fable 2? Yeah, I, I, I'm fairly certain. See, this this is where Fable breaks new ground. Letting you know each and every restaurant patronized by the development team. I can't think of any other series that does this. I'm not sure I want to either, but it's there. Yeah, you really don't. Well, okay. If it reuses the same engine from Fable 2, does it look about the same? Yeah. yeah. Up okay. Uh, nice use of your time there. Yeah, it looks slightly better static. It probably looks a bit worse in motion because of all the frame rate issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just what everybody wants to hear. Oh yeah. It looks worse than the game that w that came out several years earlier. But you do have a very special secret hideout where you store all your trophies, and the hideout bugs you to buy DLC all the time. Yeah. Which is just to what gamers love. Like Every everyone loves dope. it with the NPCs just stand there and remind you to pay real money. And the DLC prices do not go down over the years, do they? Sometimes they're on sale. Most of the time, you don't care. Ah! <laughs> no, all of the time, I don't care. <laughs> well, that would involve giving extra money over to the creators of Fable 3. That seems like a bad bargain. It's a bad plan. Uh, are we reusing Danny Elfman's theme again? Yes. <laughs> okay. He's not listed as composed on the Wikipedia page. Oh, they may have... Did they, did they abandon that soaring theme? I can't remember at all. <laughs> well, we know that everything else was so memorable. How could this have slipped pie? Okay. What else is there about Fable 3? Apparently, Adrian really liked the first half, which is not what the game was advertised on. Is the first half consisting of anything memorable? John Cleese is your butler. Yeah, you get to meet all the famous people doing British accents. 
Yeah, like, you know, you, you bump into Fastbender and Simon Pegg. You get a boyfriend or girlfriend at the beginning that, you know, you have to sacrifice for the common good. Mm-hmm. Oh. Very meaningful sacrifice oh. because you're talking about such a well-developed character, right? Absolutely. It's just like Infamous, but it did this year before. Or you could save your boyfriend and girlfriend, and I guess that gives you the ability to have a love interest that actually, you know, has almost a personality. Yeah. No, no, I, I really care about um, Mary, who I found on the street. She likes my loot playing. She was really excited when she got a royal wedding. <laughs> I don't even think I bothered getting busy in Fable 3. That's how much I didn't care. Oh. It, it added like eight more hurdles to it. Wait, wait. You didn't get busy? No. Oh, man. That's that's a big fail. I know. Good grief. You missed the highly accurate sounds they made when the screen went dark. <laughs> Consider Considering considering how much I got up to in Fable 2, it's pretty impressive I didn't manage to get any in Fable 3. I mean, you know, every once in a while, I just pop in God of War just to do the whole circle button timing thing. Just to, yeah, just <laughs> once in a while, I just need to, I just need to get it done. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's too bad you can't really, you didn't get to it in Fable there. I had Fable 2. To but I have to admit, if it was eight extra steps, I would just go back to God of War because it's pretty close to the beginning and you just get right to it. Bam. Done. Like, you, you, like to romance someone, you would have to do at least one fetch quest. Ugh. But you know what? But that's like real life. Hey, honey, you better go get me some food first, you see? I mean, it's just like real life. No, it'd be like, deliver this letter, or buy me a thing. Uh, alrighty, so now that we've depressed ourselves talking about the Fable Trilogy. <laughs> we're, but what yeah, about Phil, the Phil, how much are we looking game? at? To what? How much would we be looking at to purchase now, Fable 3 after that rousing recommendation? You don't purchase Fable 3. You like You got it from somebody who doesn't like you. And then, and then you, you know, you played it, and you realize that they really don't like you. That well, see, when you get a lump of coal for Christmas, you can use that to heat your house. Fable Three is not very good at heating anything. Yeah. So it is, in fact, inferior to a lump of coal when it comes to Christmas gifts. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes, but at least Fable: The Journey was not on rails. Ay, 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 ay. Why do they do this? Uh, you can, you can, you can, at this very moment, you can buy Fable 3 now on eBay for $6.22 Canadian. Oh, hell, I found it for a buck fifty on Half.com. <laughs> and it's still a buck fifty too much. <laughs> Shoot. The, the seller should be paying you a buck fifty to take it off his hands, right? Yeah, yeah. Use it as a coaster. Yeah. Yes, yes, in fact, the shipping cost to Canada from the United States is twice the amount that you would pay for the game. This is true. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, we're, I think we need to take a break, get our courage back up, and, uh, and wrap this up with the final lap. We'll be right back.
we've made it back. And this is the final app where we do a lot of our kitchen sing, just talk about what's on our mind, shoot the breeze, read your comments, and oh, so much more. So, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh. I remember what it's going to be if the board is freezing for you too no no it's not that it's it's i've gotten a, oh because i full totally forgot to tell you that uh, a few weeks ago my work put me on in on a schedule to go on a jet plane oh shucky puckies oh, okay. yeah i'll send you a little note i've got a few weeks i'm gonna be out apparently Anyway, uh, so we'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> so maybe we'll get to talk about Legend of Legaea and Legaea Two and Legaea or Leguia or whatever. Yeah, well, make, that, that is yeah, pronounced well, in a way. You you will get barsed <laughs> by a gather crab <laughs> and molest a sheep and then be molested by an ape. And this is all I know of Legaea. Oh, I thought you were talking about Animal Crossing for a second. <laughs> no, that, that that there's a there's a monster called the Gather Crab. It barfs you. Well, the the first boss in Legaea Two is indeed an ape, and it's a female ape, and you know this because she's the pet of a guy who is in love with her. Elfin is her name. That's unfortunate. And the guy looks very much like he should be in some 90s fighting game. He's He's got a seriously slicked up hairdo, like he's got a 50s pompadour going, he's wearing no shirt and a vest, and he loves his gorilla, because he does, whatever. So, you, you don't get that in many games. That is a memorable bit of Legaea 2. Legaea 2, however we pronounce it, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, uh, we gave away hundreds of dollars of prizes on our last RPG backtrack. And we have comments. Lots of comments. Well. Yeah. Yeah, like Ombres who says he can't find what game our intro is. It's probably a game in his backlog. Should we tell him? Not yet. Mm, okay. We're going to heighten the suspense even further by not revealing it instantly. We'll see how many other people guess and see if they get it right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was kind of being sarcastic about the prizes. There's still time to earn those prizes, people. Shoot us off emails. Twitter me, jcservant forward slash. Wait, no, twitter.com forward slash jcservant. Uh, I think it's facebook.com slash jcservant, but I look at Twitter a little bit more, so whatever. I'm kind of out of Facebook lately. Anywho, uh, so yeah. Oh, let's let's talk about what are y'all doing? What are you doing right? What are you doing right now, Becky? I'm playing Animal Crossing. All right. Go ahead. Like right now. Right now. Right, the, right just, this second. I just caught a barred knife jar on my island. All right. Is that like the – that's the 3DS Animal Crossing one? Yes, it is. Oh, nice. nice. I've heard a lot of good things about that. It's really good. Ah. And very addictive, <laughs> as Animal Crossing tends to be. <laughs> um, does that have a lot of, like, online interactivity with your friends and stuff? Uh, yeah, you can do uh, a fair number more things than you could previously. 
I have a small internet community that I talk with. In fact, I just went to somebody else's town to sell my perfect oranges earlier. Because if you sell your perfect oranges in a town where they're not native, they make lots more money. Nice. Cool. I've heard, like I said, I've just heard a ton of great things. Sounds like a really fun... I would tell uh, um, for those people who haven't played it before, can you talk a little bit about you know what 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 makes it stand out from let's say a Facebook game? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's um, I I think it's just sort of the quality and the charm that went into creating it. Um, that and you know it doesn't try to get you to buy microtransactions or anything. Nintendo actually had the ability to do that and said no. Because Animal Crossing is all about collecting stuff, and if we tried to charge you extra to collect the stuff, it wouldn't be Animal Crossing anymore. Mm. So, it's basically, it's a it's a village life sim, and you have adorable animals who move in and are utterly useless at life. So you have to help them with everything. Um, but this time you're the mayor, and you get to um, sort of do a little bit of town planning, put decorations around in your town, and stuff like that. Upgrade the shops, all that good stuff. Well, that sounds like an RPG. Well, except for the fact that there's really no, you know, leveling or skills or anything. Or win states. <laughs> or what? Win states, yeah. No, it's just a, or it's fighting, a little... right? No, there's, there, well, you can catch bugs and fish. Why does this... Well, there's whacking your townspeople with, insight with the butterfly net, which is... There's whacking Hazel, the ugliest squirrel in the world, with a butterfly net, and it still took her two months to move out. Not that I'm bitter. Yes, I'm well, that's well, that's how little violence you are capable of. You couldn't even. It took you two months to beat a squirrel into submission with a butterfly net. Uh, it's just because beating them with a butterfly net doesn't really make them any more likely to move out, but it helps relieve frustration. Why does um, why does this game sound more? This little 3DS game sounds like it, it, it does a better job of reaching what Peter or Moneybacks described than Fable games. Because it knows exactly what its goals are and it meets them. Okay. Cool beads. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. And it was in development how long? Animal Crossing? I don't know. They put one out every few years. It, it's Nintendo. You can never really be sure. Yeah, they don't tell True. you anything. But I, I think I would not be far off base if I suggested that its development time was shorter than that from for any given ha fable, right? I would suspect so, yes. And it sounds like that time was better used, in fact. <laughs> I'm not trying to read anything into this necessarily, just stating observations. Are you now? It is true that you cannot catch any STDs in Animal Crossing. Oh, screw it then. Not even crabs. Not even crab. Oh, <laughs> crabs. Okay, I do. I have caught some crabs. Oh, damn. Rated. Rated M. Got crabs. Well, you know, you can make the animals say rated M things, which people do. Oh, I'm, I'm surprised Nintendo allows that. Well, it has a word filter, but people can get around it with accents. Of course. So, are you looking forward to XY? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. I, I, okay, I, I was looking at some of the, you know, I was looking at some screenshots, and I'm like totally in love with the fact that the, you know, the the Pokemon looks so much more lively and stuff. But all I want to know is, did they upgrade the noises? See, we don't know yet. Dang it! There, there has been evidence uh -huh. of a Pikachu that actually says Pikachu. Oh my god! I would so freaking go out and buy that right now if he said Pikachu. But, but we 
but we don't know uh, if it's just Pikachu or if it's all of them. Oh, it better be all of them, damn it. I want talking Pokemon. I, I, have, I have been unable to get a Nintendo rep to answer that question for Damn me. it, it's the 21st century. Get up with the ties, people. I want talking Pokemon like from the freaking show. Come on, <laughs> make it happen. Damn. Well, my personal theory is that those, like, 8-bit, you know, chip sounds from the the game, old dot matrix sound Boy chip are, noises yeah, yeah i think i think those are actually like a national heritage treasure of japan and they're protected by oh, law or something jeez <laughs> that's my theory uh, it's proof but just on you know the fact that they haven't upgraded those things ever. look they designed all the monsters they designed all thousand potential pokemon monsters in 1998 they have to match them with the sound capabilities of 1998. I know, see, the new ones almost sound like animals. Uh, oh, well. Uh, the graphics are, sure, sure do look like, wow. So much better than, like, one or two frames of animation. Yeah, they look really nice. Uh, I loved it. Um, I'm excited, too. My 3DS is sitting on the charger. It's going to stay there until I can put an XY in it. Because uh, <laughs> I'm playing my regular DS in the meantime. All right. Cool. Anything? Anything else uh, that you want to share? Anything you do it on the side, or anything that pops into your mind? Well, I've been playing all sorts of stuff. Um, if you like simple beat 'em ups and have a friend, One Piece Pirate Warriors Two is actually a lot of fun. Mm. And I've wait, never wait. watched One Piece. Pirates Muso Two came out here. Yeah. There's no English voice acting. It's all subtitled. But That's exactly what the One Piece people want. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they do. <laughs> Unless they like Funimation for some reason, but yeah, no, that's and and I I actually reviewed it. <laughs> it was it was fun, and um, I yeah, I can talk about that one now. The Wonderful 101 is pretty awesome, um, but it's not easy. So you actually have to like practice with it and stuff before you get good at it. Hmm. But it's if if you if you like classic gameplay and you want to feel like you were in like a 1980s Japanese superhero cartoon then it's great I think that's about all I can talk about alrighty how about you Mr. Scott uh, I well I beat dubstep gun <laughs> I, I, there's more stuff attached to the game but dubstep gun, gun is actually probably the greatest novelty weapon ever like there's a there's a rhythm game attached to it. You have to learn what the song sample is, so that you the little beats you you actually fire like a machine gun, and the big wubs you 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 aim at explosive stuff. Okay, that's actually pretty awesome. Like they're like they've managed like the dubstep gun is an amazing game within the game. <laughs> hmm. Did did Sam ever manage to sex up the vice president? No, you can never actually sex up Keith David. <laughs> Ow. Just you, can tell, like you. You, you, can, you can tell what some of our goals are in these games, <laughs> always. But she well, did manage to sex up Kinsey every time she walked past her. <laughs> every time. Oh, it's Kinsey, let's make out. It's basically because we're still 12, okay? 
Hmm. Anything else, Mr. Scott? Not really, no. Hmm. How about you, Mr. Minky? Well, I put up a review of Suikoden 4 not long ago, and I know Becky saw it. <laughs> What'd you give it, uh, Minky? Three. Three out of five. Really? That was generous. That was. It probably was, but I... I don't know. Hearing Vicky sneeze right before she launches her attacks was cute enough that I was willing to forgive a little bit. <laughs> there you go. And I did... And I did try the confession game. And the confession once I, game is I, the best part of the game. I did not forgive Kate, and she just said, well, if I couldn't dodge that, I must be a terrible ninja. <laughs> I probably should have stayed with the confession game some more, but I, I'd i had enough. I was ready to finish the game. It's okay. Wait, and, we, we managed... But I did, I, I did use the, the training in the ship, and if you do, if you finish that a couple times, you get uh, whatever the rune is called that changes release to uh, shred, so that you instantly kill everything that comes at you, and get the money. <laughs> and I used that in the final dungeon because I wanted to. Nice. Yeah. See, my husband and I tag teamed that game so that. You know, we managed to actually finish it because we could take turns doing the horrible ocean movement. But Becky, it's so realistic to be piloting a boat that instantly skews off course the when it gets in sight of land. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> that wasn't even my problem. My problem was just boring. Oh, come like now. There's... That's that's even more realistic. It's a representation of the South Seas where there's almost nothing but water. And that's yes. so much fun to explore. This is why most pirate games are not nearly as fun as one imagines they could be. <laughs> but Becky's still looking forward to Assassin's Creed 4. I, I, I see they... What was it they said there was an Assassin's... Oh shoot, there was some sort of mini game that made me realize that I had to buy it, but I don't remember what it was now. Kyle just told me about it earlier. I, I had questions about the ending of Suikoden 4, but I can't really go into that here. We'll have to wait for the backtrack when we talk about Suikoden 4. But they are serious questions. They are grave matters that I just can't excuse easily. And you probably remember at least some of this, right, Becky? I kind of blanked most of it out of my mind. So okay. Well, well I, I won't deliberately bring it back to the surface now, then. We can wait a couple months. And I have been playing, and I know Phil will love to hear this, Shining Force EXA. Because still wants more action it, it, RPGs it's, in the Shining mode. It's all about the action, man. Come on, get with the times. I, I'll give it this. It's better than Shining Force Neo. Yeah. It, it's really better than Shining Force yeah. Neo. But then again... Getting somebody to break your arm is possibly better than Shining Force Neo because then you won't be able to play Shining Force Neo. <laughs> uh, and then again, you can tell a lot of assets were made for Shining Force Neo and they were so expensive, they were just recycled wholesale into EXA. 
what's that? This looks familiar? Well, that's because it is. <laughs> that's because... You're going to the same damn place. <laughs> what's that? The enemies look familiar? That's because they are. You're killing the same damn things you killed in the first game. It's, it's just, you know, it's just recycling. We're, we're supposed to be saving the planet, Minky. Come on now. you got to recycle sometimes. That's true. And wholesale recycling on this scale must be saving the planet in some means because just think of all the plastic that was not used by Neverland Studio to create new environments. Uh. Um, oh yes, and that wonderfully vaunted quality known to Sega aficionados everywhere that is its localization skill. You get that again. Don't you just love Sega of America voice acting? Because you'll get some more. Ah, uh, of course. Nothing quite as good as um, <clears throat> tremble before my mighty balls. <laughs> I swear that's what he's saying in Shining Force Neo. And I heard it a thousand times, so I know what I heard. Well, with the phrase that good, I could listen to it a thousand times. And he's a centaur, which adds so much more to it. Shoot. When a centaur says tremble before my mighty balls, that just means so much more. And you might actually want to listen. You don't have a choice. Unless you turn off the volume entirely. There's no way to turn off the voices. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful decision? Uh... Um, and I've been playing a little bit of the original Summon Knight in its DS incarnation. Um, it's different a little, but I don't see why might be worthy of some people lauding it. I can think of one person who might listen to this show who does, in fact, really, really love Summon Night, and I don't get it. I tried playing it. I got bored. No, this is... This is, this is a tactical game. Oh, okay. In Japanese. Oh, never mind. Yeah, you I probably... tried playing something in the Summon Night series and got bored. Yeah, there were several action offshoots that did get localized, but none of the main series, and... Well, if you're willing to spend some time grinding, then you can easily destroy everything in your path, which is nice. But the magic system is just weird. You don't learn spells. You you pick an item to use a piece of uh, crystal with, and you'll either produce a spell by summoning something, or it'll backfire and you'll get a little burn for a slight bit of damage. It's weird. I just love spells that can backfire. That's like my favorite thing in RPGs. <laughs> yeah, especially when you can't get anybody really close to the enemy, so you're counting on that spell to deal damage, and you're just hoping, oh, this has to work, because I'm trying this for the first time. Maybe it'll do the right thing. And no, it just backfires, and ow, that hurt. And then the enemy whomps you the next turn. That's great. <laughs> so that's what I've been playing. And... I watched Silent Hill Revelation. <laughs> Did you feel your IQ drop? <laughs> I have to question whoever designed the monster with its brain visibly sticking out of the skull. That is not a very threatening object. All you have to do is tap it slightly and it will go down. Mm. Uh, but it did have Malcolm McDowell for about three minutes. He was the best part by far. The rest of it made no sense, and I don't know if it would make sense even if I had played Silent Hill games, but it just cements that 
not very good reputation video game movies have. And I know people really like the first Silent Hill. They exist. I'm not one of them. Yeah, I saw it. Um, I could say I could cite a whole lot of other movies because I people who listen to this know that I watch a lot of movies. But I'll just mention that Turner Classic played Escape from New York last week, and that was awesome. <laughs> because Escape from New York is awesome. Oh, and I saw the trailer for the RoboCop remake that is coming next year because everyone asked for that. <laughs> and is it earth-shattering awesome? He almost um, ran over me with a motorcycle. He sure did. No, literally. Kind of they Dredd. filmed it in Toronto. I, I was walking around a corner and, oh, and I got stopped by a production assistant because they were shooting RoboCop driving back and forth around this corner. <laughs> in a cool motorcycle. How long were you costume's stopped? ugly. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah those, his costume all those was... U.S. cities that you see in movies, they're actually Toronto. Ah! <laughs> it's true. If you live here, it's like, hey, isn't that Sam the Record Man? Yeah, I thought so. And yet you'd, yet you'd think Detroit would be pretty cheap to film in nowadays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah, cheaper than Toronto. But Toronto's a lot safer. And it actually has film production facilities and the largest purpose-built soundstage on the continent. And tax breaks. Lots of tax breaks. Yeah, I don't think Detroit would have much of that. Certainly not the safety factor. Oh, it's easy to be safe. There's no one freaking there. <laughs> yes, there are. There are all the itinerant people living in the abandoned buildings. Anyway, RoboCop is being remade, and it's coming out in February because that's when all the things that studios have confidence in come out, and his suit looks halfway between Judge Dredd and a generic... Honestly, it looks kind of like those things from Masters of the Universe. I can't believe I'm making that association. Hey, the 80s is totally back, man. It is. It is. Somebody's going to remake Gremlins. You know it. Just what we need. Hey, we and need more good Christmas movies. We do. Do you think a Gremlins remake would become one of them? I don't. No. I just watched Die Hard again. I saved that for the Christmas season. It just seems most appropriate then. And, oh yeah, I saw Elysium. Elysium is pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. Hmm. I hear it's pretty good if you want to see Matt Damon get ripped. He does that. It's also some kind of an indictment of medical treatment around the world, I'm sure. But no, I shouldn't be reading things into it. I'm sure it has absolutely no relevance to modern From the guy who wrote the... From the guy who created District 9? No, never. No, it, it's clearly a complete coincidence. Um, oh, and I saw The World's End. That was also good. The plot is incredibly easy to pick holes in, and the antagonists are some of the most ineffectual I've ever seen. But the stuff that was supposed to be funny, by and large, I found funny. And that's the most important quality in a comedy, I think. So, I'm, I suppose I should call, I should call it quits now. 
What have you been up to, Phil? I almost want to call this strange journey quits, man. It's like one... It's, it's like I'm on this floor and it's a whole bunch of teleporters and, 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 and you don't know where the hell you're going, man. It's just wrong. I'm still playing Strange Journey. I'm like it. I think I got like 40 hours clocked in. I'm level kajillion and man, it's, it just doesn't end. You, you're really level kajillion. No, not really. Yeah. It, <laughs> it feels like it. Though. I wouldn't think you'd have any trouble at level kajillion. I'm 43. I mean, isn't it most games end at like 40, 45? Uh, I, all the Final Fantasies do. You know, you're at the end when you're like approaching 40. Like, damn, the game's almost over. Oh, my goodness. You try that with an SMT game from my experience, and you will quickly find your face on the floor with no way of picking it up again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was just proud of myself for getting past that that one boss finally after like five attempts I told you all about last show. and. Uh, so I've been just really just trying to put a lot of time into chipping away at this. I'm close to the end of Infamous 2 also, my PlayStation 3. So I'm having a lot of fun with that guy there getting ready for uh, PlayStation 4 and Second Son. Yay. Um, boo. Oh, stupid cat. Almost fell over and died. Okay. So yeah, got uh, got myself booted out of Pathfinder Society. Um it's it's pretty funny, you know. Uh, as nerds, uh, we're not always known for our social graces and skills, and uh, you know, you're you're doing pretty bad when you get kicked out from a group of nerds. <laughs> Yet I've managed to find a way to do it. Um, but I'm still playing tons of Pathfinder. Of course, on Mondays and Friday nights, I play Skulls and Shackles and Reign of Winter, and we had a blast on uh, yesterday actually, because that would be Monday, duh. Uh, we just had a blast. Nothing's more fun than having a really big bad villain that I'm in, you know, NPCing against a party, and he's like a dark rider, and he's he's got like the I'm gonna kick your ass, like the Batman voice and stuff, and 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 they're like, well, what's your name? Well, my original name was Ilathonis Setetongintay, you know, some long ass name they put in the book, but you could call me Bob. <laughs> just had them all cracking up. <laughs> yeah, tons of fun though. Mm. Uh, Should have called him Tim. Yeah, yeah. Still playing. Uh, still playing uh, Ultima. Still working my way. Living the dream, man. Living the dream. A true open-ended, open-world game that just blows Peter Moneybags's games away as far as terms of death go. Um, unfortunately, no fart button though. That's the one thing that's missing. No fart yeah. button. Yeah, well, Richard I'm sure if you email that. Jim, the guy responsible for all of Ultima Online, he'll get right all on. All right, that. Jim, we want farts. We want <laughs> farts as it is. I'm 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 just having to emote my farts. Holy cow. Uh, too funny, too funny, too funny. There is always some guy in an MMO who runs around farting all over everyone. It's true. That's true. That's true. You know, it's really great, though. You, you know, you talk about... so. It's it's funny. Um, we 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 talk a lot about single player games and only occasionally about MMOs here on RPG Backtrack. But 
um, you know, um, the our website RP Gamer also does cover you know pen and paper and uh, M- and some MMOs into a little bit greater detail. But when we get into pen and paper MMOs. We talk about trying to do things socially together and some of the drama that comes out of that when, when us nerds try to come together and have a good time. But my wife and, and Ultima, as I mentioned on the last show, it is an absolute requirement. You just you don't solo that MMO. You don't pull a World of Warcraft and say, "Yeah, I'm gonna get to eighty by myself and I'm gonna pick up some pugs and get my gear." Uh, uh-uh, no. No, I'm going to do my dailies. No, you're not. No, no, no. You want the cool stuff. You're going to have to learn to barter and trade and work with other people. And so she's gotten into a guild on there. And, oh, man, if you thought some of these, you know, with World of Warcraft, there were some guilds you had to apply online and go through a process, you know, some of the bigger guilds. Man, I'm sorry, but Ultima here, it just makes them all look like amateurs. You, you've got to go through not only a full application process, there's two interviews, and then you, you're on a probation period for like six weeks where you have to be there at set times to go on a hunt so they can see how well you hunt and, and they can evaluate you. And then after every time you go on a dungeon and stuff, you got to write a full freaking report. I like a book report, but it's a quest report. And it sounds it, it sounds like why would you do this to yourself, right? Well, the other day I was looking at her monitor and I'm like, hey, I'm on my character. Um uh, where are you at? She says I'm in my house. Oh, can you teleport me or whatever over there? Because that's a pain in the ass in Ultima 2. Uh so she teleports me over there. I'm like Wow, you've got a really nice, you know, nice house. And if you haven't played an MMO with real estate where you can actually buy and build your own houses like Ultima, uh, if you ever have, you know that that real estate's usually at a premium. And houses in MMOs uh, that don't instance them, um, usually those houses cost a lot of in-game currency. Uh, it's it's really a capitalist thing, and players put in you know years into these games, so the houses, you know, the gold values on them is just extremely high. And she has this really nice house and she's on a nice plot of land and she's building up really well i'm like where did you get this much you know jingle jingle she said oh the guild gave it to me i'm like what she said yeah that's why i jumped through all the hoops i got a free house i said fair enough i see you talk about something that's so player driven that by jumping through these social hoops and becoming part of this guild that uh, it's just all this time you're putting into this, and you're really RPing. You're RPing with these players in the guild, or you're going through their hoops, meta-wise, whatever the deal is. But you're working with other players, and in doing so, the players and not the game itself is rewarding you. It is really, truly interactive role playing. Um, again, not role playing, and necessarily we're talking in these and thous to each other, but it is. You know, you're in a true fantasy economy. You know, that is truly driven by players and bartered with, you know, player to player and uh, and the such. Unlike World of Warcraft where they probably – I think they got like all these financial analysts that are always keeping track and making sure the gold values stay even and putting in gold sinks and all that. And ultimately, the players run it. And uh, it's fascinating, definitely fascinating. So, anywho – uh, ready? Uh, that. Uh, we. Sh- I should mention that Alex Fuller has just mentioned, messaged me, and I think he messaged you too, Becky. Apparently, the internet is being evil, and he cannot rejoin us. So we give him our best regards. Hopefully, the gremlins of the internet will let go of their clutches very soon. And it was good to have him. Hmm. Tellyho. Yeah, I'm not. Go- I'm not going to do a British accent, but someone else might. That was not a British accent. I just said tally ho. I know. I know. 
And that's only because, you know, she was actually counting prostitutes. <laughs> yeah, how many of them are there in the Fable games? I think that's very important knowledge to have. I think there's just one town in Fable 2, but there's a lot of prostitutes in that very large warehouse in which they ply their trade. Oh. You'd think that they would have spread around to the rest of the world, because if you put too many into one localized area... Uh, they'd overwhelm the market, but what do I know about it? It's a port city. You can get away with it. There was some sort of either in-game. Oh, I don't Scott! Think it was... Scott, don't make me think of Shenmue. <laughs> well, you know, you know, we all know where the sailors hang out. <laughs> we do. We all know what Rio is looking for. An in-game achievement, or it probably wasn't an actual out-of-game Chivo, but you got something if you had, like, a four-way or something. Well, you had to do it with a condom, so I don't think you ever got it, Becky. Oh. Yeah, because I wasn't allowed to use a condom. Hmm. Well, condom talk aside... RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, your news for RPG news on the internet. Uh, you can check out our previous podcast as well as our sister show, the RPG Cast, all at RPGamer.com. Um, let's see here. I want to thank Mike and Becky and Scott and that other guy who ran away, whatever his name was. He was here. I swear he was and here. The P- and the Peter Molly do Twitter account. Oh, That's awesome. oh my God, Peter, Peter Twi- Twitter dot com forward slash Empty Promises. You can find him. Um, <laughs> do us a favor, read us on iTunes. Um, makes make us happy. Only rate us five stars, though. Don't 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 be a don't be a don't jerk. Be very open and honest. Yeah, be open and honest and give us five stars. So, because that's yeah. There you go. That's what we're worth. We're worth. Absolutely. Listen, yeah. <laughs> I already said all that, didn't I? So, uh, shoot us off an email uh, for the moment. I believe my JC Servant RPGamer.com email address is forwarding from working properly. I'm going to give it a test right now. I'm going to test that. Anyways, um, or JC Servant at CyberlightComics.com. We got uh, Albert Odyssey, Mr. Mike Meekies at Albert Odyssey at Hotmail.com. So, give us, drop us a line or post on the boards as well and let us know what you think. We're happy to read your comments online. Tell us about your old favorite games, and we'll talk about it. That's what we do here at the RPG Backtrack. And Mr. Minky, I am so freaking tired, man. I had to get up for a 5 o'clock shift. Put me to bed. I was going to say that if you listen to each and every one of our previous episodes, then that'll let you level up in the ideal fable world, where you can get stronger by doing pretty much anything. But that would involve... Peter Molyneux keeping his promises, so I'd better stop while I'm, while I'm still ahead. Good night. Thank you.